This is most certainly true. In the greatest act of selfless mercy, God sent His own Son into our world to die for your sins. And we can't stop talking about it. We now present this sermon, recently delivered at Grace, to you. Today's first reading is from the Old Testament book of prophecy, the book of Hosea, chapter 3. These words of the Lord will serve as the basis for today's sermon. The Lord said to me, Go, show your love to your wife again, though she is loved by another man and is an adulteress. Love her as the Lord loves the Israelites, though they turn to other gods and love the sacred raisin cakes. So I bought her for fifteen shekels of silver and about a homer and a lethic of barley. Then I told her, You are to live with me many days. You must not be a prostitute or be intimate with any man, and I will behave the same way toward you. For the Israelites will live many days without king or prince, without sacrifice or sacred stones, without ephod or household gods. Afterward, the Israelites will return and seek the Lord their God and David their king. They will come trembling to the Lord and to his blessings in the last days. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. We join in singing the song.
The second reading from 2 Corinthians chapter 2, verses 5 through 11. A member of the Christian church in Corinth had committed a grievous sin. He had been, uh, he had been given the, the correction that he needed and now was coming with a repentant heart. And Paul encourages them to forgive. If anyone has caused grief, he has not so much grieved me as he has grieved all of you to some extent, not to put it too severely. The punishment inflicted on him by the majority is sufficient. Now instead, you ought to forgive and comfort him so that he will not be overwhelmed by excessive sorrow. I urge you, therefore, to reaffirm your love for him. Another reason I wrote to you was to see if you would stand the test and be obedient in everything. Anyone you forgive, I also forgive. And what I have forgiven, if there was anything to forgive, I have forgiven in the sight of Christ for your sake, in order that Christ might not outwit us, for we are not unaware of his schemes. The word of the Lord. Love can make a person do some pretty crazy things. You know, just think about how love makes you think about someone other than yourself for some time. That's pretty crazy, right? But you also might find yourself going outside of your comfort zone in order to get to know someone better. Like a girl might go to a football game with a guy even though she doesn't really care about the game. A dad might put on a pink tutu and go to a tea party with his little girl because he loves her. Love might make you do some drastic things in your life, like quit a job or move to the other side of a country. Maybe a, a boyfriend that moves to be closer to his girlfriend to grow in their relationship, or a child that moves closer to their aging parents to care for them. Love might just make you do crazy things like stand in front of the house of your loved one with a boombox over your head as it proclaims loud music and love ballads. Just think about the crazy things that love has done for you. I heard a story once of a guy who loved his ex so deeply that he went back to her even after she had cheated on him multiple times with multiple guys. Crazy, right? But true story. And in fact, you just heard that story a few moments ago. Because this is the story of the Old Testament prophet to Israel, Hosea. You see, God actually called on Hosea to show that kind of crazy love to his adulterous wife. Because it would portray the even crazier love that God has for sinful, unfaithful people like you and me. But maybe first of all, a word about the word crazy. Crazy has some different definitions and meanings, right? Crazy can mean out of one's mind, like that guy is crazy. Or crazy can mean extreme, like that was a crazy ride. I think that as we go through this account from the book of Hosea today, and we see the love he had and portrayed and the love that God has for his people you're going to come to the conclusion, too, that this is a love that is extreme and that might seem like you have to be out of your mind to love in this way. It's crazy love. Now, to really understand the situation that Hosea finds himself in our reading for today, I need to take you back to the beginning of the book, 
to chapter 1. You see, before the Lord even called on Hosea to preach a sermon from the pulpit, he called on Hosea to proclaim a message through his life. You see, God wanted him to go out and to marry a promiscuous woman. Her name was Gomer. She was most likely a prostitute and probably a temple prostitute, which meant she gave her life and her body over to the immoral acts of pagan idol worship. And they were to have kids. But I also question whether those kids were actually Hosea's because Gomer continued in her adulterous ways. But when they had their kids, God had names that he wanted each of those children to be called. The first was a son named Jezreel, which was reminiscent of a city in Israel that was known for a very ungodly and bloody overthrowing of a king. A daughter that was born to her was named, given the name, Not Loved. And another son was given the name, Not My People. Just imagine calling out to your son, Hey, not my people! Come on out and throw the ball around with your pops! Pretty stark, huh? Well, eventually, that marriage between Hosea and Gomer was broken up because of her unfaithfulness. Now, why did Hosea have to go through this crazy kind of life and family life that he went through? You will see, in this real-life sermon... Hosea was proclaiming the real relationship between God and his people of Israel. You see, the the people of Israel were the adulterous, unfaithful, promiscuous Gomer in their relationship with God. They didn't love God anymore. They found themselves chasing after the pleasures of this world and giving their life and their bodies and their minds to idol worship. The Lord's time of grace was going to come to an end with these people and they were going to be punished for their unfaithfulness. Just like Gomer led an adulterous life and left her marriage with Hosea, the people of Israel lived a spiritually adulterous life and they forsook their commitment to the Lord. You see, it's in chapter 3, our reading for today, that things really get crazy. The Lord said to Hosea, Go show your love to your wife again, though she is loved by another man and is an adulteress. Now, come on. Seriously, God? Just imagine your buddies with Hosea here. What kind of advice would you give him? He comes up to you one day and says, Hey, God wants me to go get Gomer back. And you got to be like, Are you kidding me? She's a, now, now fill in the blank with a bunch of choice adjectives that describe her adulterous life, and, and you've got to drop her like a bad habit. Don't do it. But you know what's really crazy? Hosea did it. He went, and he got Gomer. And you know what's even crazier? He paid money to go and to buy her back from whatever guy she was shacking up with at the time. He's bought her for the price of a slave. He spent money on a wife that had already belonged to him. Talk about doing crazy things for love. But again, here you see in this real-life sermon of, of Hosea, he proclaims the crazy love of God. 
God said, Love her as the Lord loves the Israelites. Though they turned to other gods and loved the sacred raisin cakes, a, a part of the Canaanite worship practice. God should have done away with that unfaithful and lost people of Israel. He should have picked another nation to join up with. He should have started over. But he didn't. God loved his chosen people. And he sought them out to bring them back and restore them in a relationship with him. The Israelites will return and seek their God and David their king. They will come trembling to the Lord and to his blessings in the last days. Do you know what's even crazier? This picture of Hosea and Gomer, the picture of God and the people of Israel, is a picture of you and your relationship with God. Well, maybe you were thinking that I was going to say that or, or perhaps we're, we're hoping that I wasn't going to go there because it makes you cringe a little, right? But the reality is, is that your relationship with God is adulterous. It's an apt description. Because you see, you cheat on God every time that you disobey Him, every time you sin. And you find yourself lusting after the temptations that the world throws at you. And you question whether God really loves you. And instead you go and, and wrap yourself in, up in the embrace of the things of this world, thinking that those things are going to love you better, whether it is things like your job or medicine or relationships or whatever it is that you are putting your hope and your trust in. You turn away from your love for God and you build up a relationship with this world instead. For many of you on your confirmation day, you stood in front of a congregation of believers and you confessed your love to God and you promised that you were going to stay committed to the Lord God all your days. How are you doing at upholding those vows? We are all, we are all a bunch of promiscuous, unfaithful, adulterous people when it comes to our relationship with God. And it would be absolutely crazy of God to want to have any kind of relationship with you and me as a bunch of sinners. In the gospel for today, Jesus told a couple of parables that described finding things that were lost. In one, he talks about a shepherd who had a hundred sheep and then lost one that wandered off. Now, just think about this if you were that shepherd. I would think that I would be like, well, we lost one. I got to forget about that one. I got these other 99 I got to take care of. Just chalk it up to a loss on the job and move on with life, right? But Jesus describes this shepherd as leaving the other 99 sheep out in the open field, not even getting them back to the pen, because this is how urgent and important it is for the shepherd. He goes out and he searches for that one lost sheep to find him and bring him back. Crazy, right? But then comes the raucous joy and rejoicing over this one sheep that had been lost but now found. When the world says, you're not worth enough. You're not a good enough person to help out. Or that you're not good enough and deserving of these things. You're too horrible, too sinful, too worthless. 
God says, mine. And when you find yourself lost in the depths of your unfaithfulness, caught up in this vicious cycle of sin, and when you wonder whether God would ever welcome you back into his loving embrace, God says to you, do not fear, for I have redeemed you. I have summoned you by name. You are mine. See, God wants to break down the door into that adulterous room and relationship you have with the world and to pull you out of the bed of sin and shame that you find yourself in and buy you back to make you his very own. And you know what's crazy? God did that. God sent his son Jesus into our world to break down that door to live a faithful life in every aspect, not once given in to the licentious temptations our world throws at us. And then Jesus comes and he jumps into that very bed of sin and shame that we have made so he can pay the price with his holy life to buy you back from sin and slavery to sin, to make you his very own. Because of that sacrifice, because of Jesus, God forgives you. He loves you. God describes this amazing love and the love that Christ had for you in Ephesians chapter 5 in this way. Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her to make her holy, cleansing her by the washing with water through the word and to present her to himself as a radiant church without stain or wrinkle or any other blemish, but holy, blameless. You know, from our perspective, we have to think that God is out of his mind to love us that way. But the reality is, is God is completely sane and just loves you that deeply. This kind of crazy love, we call it grace. Grace is the kind of love that a husband has as he shows that love even to an adulterous wife over and over again. Grace is the love that moves him to pay the way to bring her back home, even when she's run off to another man. Grace is the love that is given to the undeserving, to those that, that, that haven't earned it, to the sinful, to the adulterous. The God of this universe, the creator of trees and oxygen and the music that we hear in our ears and the the universe that we study is the God who loves you with that same crazy, self-sacrificing, unconditional love. It's crazy, isn't it? But that's grace. And that's the grace and the crazy love that God has for you. Now, we're not told the outcome of this rocky relationship between Hosea and Gomer. Did she finally see the crazy love that Hosea had for her and finally change her ways? We don't know. But what about you? Know just how deeply the Lord loves you and live in a loving relationship with God. Forsake all of the adulterous relationships that you have built with this world. Turn away from them. 
Commit yourself to an eternal, lifelong commitment to your Savior, Jesus Christ. And grow in your love for God through His Holy Word as He lovingly whispers His promises to you. And go to His sacraments where He embraces you with His loving hug of forgiveness. And love other people with that same kind of crazy love. You see, God calls on His people, you as His Christian people, to live life differently, to do some crazy things, like forsaking some of the things that the world so desperately clings to, and to connecting with people that otherwise maybe people wouldn't, or loving someone without expecting anything back in return, forgiving someone again and again and again, even turning the other cheek. And who can do some of those crazy kind of things, right? Well, it's the one who knows the crazy love of God. Why? Well, you see, we do crazy things when it comes to love. So thank God for His crazy love, His grace for you in your life. listening. To learn more about God's grace or to support this ministry, please visit gracedowntown.org today. This grace is for you. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine on you and be gracious to you. The Lord look on you with favor and give you peace.